You are listening to Bourbon and Barbarians, an actual play recording presented by the Chromcast. Okay, well, welcome back, guys. We're going to jump into a new campaign here. Uh, this adventure hopefully will be the uh, the third act in a three-act story. I don't know. It ended a little bit bleak on the last season, but... I'll, I'll do my best to, to give a little bit of a, an uplift here at the end. Uh, so we're still playing in the borderlands between the the winterlands to the north and, of course, the the summerlands deep to the south. Why don't we just go around the horn and various uh, players can introduce themselves as well as their, their characters. Josh, why don't you start us out? Hi, everybody. My name is Josh. And I will be playing the role of Uleg. Uleg is an orphan who has been raised by the church in Coldfield. And as such, he has a very fundamental understanding of um, the religion of Perun, of Sverog, and their influence in the north. And um, he is a very uh, black and white, no-nonsense kind of, kind of person. So... Uh, going to try to play this one serious if I can, but I'm sure I'll I'll devolve into to being silly like always. <laughs> right on. So you mentioned your character is from Coldfield, so that's something to mention that you know this adventure this this season is taking place within the same town of Coldfield, which just to refresh everybody's memory is about oh I don't know like twenty various farm settlements all within a fairly small area so i don't know if you would properly call it a hamlet or a village but we're dealing with like just a hundred or so people here within the settlement which lies just to the south of the the heralded and much talked about at least within D realms of keep on the borderlands that's that's where we're talking about here and so that's really our jumping off point and i think all of our characters from my understanding are are either from Coldfield or have an excuse to be in this environment for our adventures. So uh, we heard from Josh. Let's go ahead and we've got a new voice on the mic. I'm going to go ahead and toss it over to our buddy Justin, who's joining us this season. Justin, tell us about your guy. Hello, thank you. Uh, thanks for for letting me jump in on your game. Uh, my dude, his name is Brondo Rootfoot, and he is a native of Coldfield. Uh, he's quick to temper. Um, but he's not, uh, you, you can't, you know, he's able to be talked down off of a ledge. Um, he's kind of a, he has no real one profession. He likes to fight. He likes to hit things. Um, but he also is handyman, uh, can perform a variety of tasks. Um, he's kind of basically just wandering around looking for the next thing to do. Okay. Awesome. Uh, and I neglected to ask Josh this, but, uh, Justin, how old is your character? He's 18. Okay. What about you, Josh? Also 18. Okay. So some strapping young lab lads that are coming into their own. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay. So, uh, let's go ahead. Mike, what do you got? Uh, I'm playing Hank. 
Uh, he's a 14-year-old wizard. Uh, he's from Coldfield, the, the seventh son of a poor farmer, so no inheritance to speak of, no money to speak of. Um, but he came into, into possession of a, a beat-up, uh, barely-held-together spellbook uh, and found that, uh, unlike a lot of people, he could read the, the magical runes inside reasonably easily and so used that as a jumping-off point to try to, you know, if, he, if he's not getting anything from his family to make his way in the world. So, um, you know, he's from Coldfield. He's got family here still, but he's he's more independent and has uh, kind of started on this adventuring life as a way to, to get above and beyond the his, his poor upbringings. Okay, so is your character someone that, I mean, he's, he's an arcane spellcaster. He's a mage, uh, but he's kind of like learning this stuff on his own. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Cool. Um, it also means he has a really limited repertoire of what he can cast at the moment because, you know, it's at the moment limited to the, the three or four spells that were in this book that he found. Um, and he's not real sure, like, how to get access to new magic or really, you know, beyond what he's figured out so far. So finding uh, some kind of teacher would be helpful or just more access to more magic. So uh, Okay another reason to be out in the world right on okay yeah so that's cool so so your character is uh naively able to just like he's got the 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 magic skills right he's got the magic sort of coursing through his veins he's he's someone that's in tune with that he's the babe with the power he's 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 an adept (laughs) he just needs uh a trainer or someone to 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 learn him some some of the runes he's harry potter Mm. That, that's that's how I'm planning on playing it. We'll see how it plays out and what what NPCs we meet and how much that can that can get developed. Hank, Harry, I don't think it's a coincidence. That's, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we've got one more person on the mics. John, what do you got? Uh, I'm Jonathan, and I'm going to be playing the role of Groda the Large. Groda mm-hmm. is a stable boy in town. He's 18 years old. He is a large fellow, quite tall, quite girthy. Um, he looks kind of frog-like in appearance in his face and he's just known for being very strong. He doesn't want to be a stable boy anymore. He's kind of an aspiring wrestler and he carries a great club. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. What's up, buddy? (laughs) Does he have any, uh, parents in town? Like what's his story in terms of like, like who he is in Coldfield? His parents have both died in the last couple of years. So he's on his own since about 16 and working to make ends meet. Likes to drink, likes to wrestle down at the bar, but doesn't have a whole lot of family left. And so is feeling a little restless. Okay. So, so your character, you know, it's a hard life here in the, uh, in the borderlands. It's, it's cold. There's not necessarily, uh, always enough food to go around season to season. It's not to say that it's starving times all the time, but at least where you guys live, you're no stranger to, uh, seeing your generation ahead of you, like like die at the early mm. age of in their thirties and then in their forties, right? Like if you're living on on turnips and sheep and you're uh having to like it's a hard road. It's a hard road. You're you're given you're given birth to 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 sons and daughters, you know, without a proper doctor in town. It's hard to say that there's even like a proper like a 
like like church in town, everybody has a strong affiliation with the with the Trinity with the Trinity, which is uh, Svarog, which is the Forge, uh, Perun, which is the Adjudicator and the the wielder of the hammer, and then Velos, who's the low god, the person that's or the, the god that's like most closely tied to the soil and the baser instincts of man. Like you've got that sort of Trinity there. Everybody has a respect for those for those deities but also this is very much the uh pull yourself up by your bootstraps and and those gods are a bit dispassionate like they just look upon you and scowl a little bit like it's up to you to make your own way and it's a hard life and and hard deaths follow so the fact that your character uh grota has has lost his parents john that's that's not unsurprising to me he was sad, but he's on the road to recovery. He's gone through the, the stages of grief and such. So in terms of other people and like maybe familial relationships, it's worth us sort of talking through those. So Josh, you said Uleg is, uh, he's a, he's a ward of the church or maybe I, we talked about that before. We that was off mic. Yeah. Okay. So he's a ward of the church. He doesn't know his parents. Okay. Doesn't remember them doesn't know okay. if they're alive or dead, but he's been told they're, they're dead Okay, and, and has lived in Coldfield here his entire life, more or less just being raised by the, uh, the members of the church. Um, and he has over the last couple of years taken up an apprenticeship with the, the local blacksmith, um, just learning basic smithing techniques. Uh, but it, it, sort of appeals to him because of the associations with the, uh, the forge and the flames and the sparks and the, uh, the, the various, um, sort of hammer falls that you would expect to read about in the uh, cosmology of the North. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so you're employed within the, the, the Smithy in town, uh, we have, uh, Grota, you said that you like wrestling, but also what is your, your principal sort of like occupation? Day job is a stable boy. He, uh, he shovels the, the poo and gotcha. lifts the horses and moves them around when they need to be and feeds them. Okay. So, so Eric is the, uh, the barkeep of the, the town of Coldfield. So A R I K. So he's, he's the, uh, the, the head person in charge of like the public house there, there within Coldfield. And he's ultimately the person that would be your boss, right? Uh, so the tavern slash the, the stables slash, you know, anybody that's looking for a room for the night. That's, that's who is your, your ultimate, ultimate boss. And so, uh, let's see here. So, so Brondo, who are you like in terms of of who you might be working for? What's the story there? He's uh, a, a sort of a, a hired handyman type okay. deal. Um, parents uh, were farmers. Father died when he was ten. Mother gotcha. died when he was sixteen. Okay. Um, he never really had a passion for anything farm related. Okay. Um, he did the work because he had to do the work. Gotcha. Um, and then, but as soon as his father was gone, his interests began waning in the farm, the farm life, um, and uh, wanted to go do other things. So he's basically a, a hired gun type okay. of deal. So within the town of Coldfield, uh, we've talked about this in previous seasons, but the way that the the setting is such here in the in the borderlands 
you have uh, the the fairer skinned humans that that are the people that I guess hold the coin of the realm, and they're the people that ultimately are in in power. But you additionally have the 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 Kalish folk, which are uh, darker of skin and exist a little bit more on the fringes of the society. So here within the town of Coldfield, uh, the Kalish and the the fairer skin folk exist i would almost say more on uh equal equal terms because mm. it's such a hard world to be living in up here but still you know those types of of uh prejudices like run deep so in terms of where your character would stay if he's someone that's that's a bit on the lamb and doesn't necessarily have a home to his own name. It is worth mentioning that there's almost like at this point, a perpetual like Kalish encampment. So there's mm. uh, almost temporary type settlement, but in a, in a more permanent situation in a specific portion of town. So uh, that would be a place where if you were someone that was living on the edges of like organized society that you might be, be inclined to be living because yeah. that would that be a good place for that's, your character? yeah okay. that's absolutely it cool yeah. so and that that just sort of gets at you know the Kalish folk themselves are travelers vagabonds isn't necessarily a bad word to them that's a reflection of their carefree nature and their desire to you know to travel around oftentimes you would see them involved with with traveling vans of 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 bards and entertainers like that's a very traditional uh encounter like if you live further south in the summerlands it would be common for you to see like a band of kalish folk passing by and they would be in a wagon and then they would be there for a night or two and they would be doing various like tricks in their trade to entertain and then they would pass on uh so that's the kind of community that you can see here in coldfield almost like they've they've become more agrarian just because Mm. they have to they can't travel around there's nobody to entertain there's like 20 houses and then there's like the Kalish folk that happen to end up there so they're all sort of encamped there in perpetuity so if your character was wanting to lay in with with that group that would be easy enough to do yes cool absolutely okay and then Hank so your character uh, where do you see him fitting in to the larger sort of cold field community um, like I said his parents uh, are farmers in the area. Um, they're still alive. It's just, he's trying to get off the farm to find, you know, new, new way, uh, a new path forward to get out of, you know, the poor kind of rut that his family is in and that he's in. Um, so he's local, his, his family's still around. Um, he still does work on the farm because, you know, Turns out only knowing a handful of spells doesn't really get you a whole lot uh, as far as income goes. At least it hasn't yet. Um, And so he works mostly on the farm, working with animals um, and working with plowing the fields and and pulling in the harvest. Okay. Would you say that your your folks, your family are more, (laughs) are they turnip farmers or are they like sheep herders? Um... 
Let's go sheep herder. Okay. So he, he's got a sling, so that makes sense for keeping off the wolves and stuff. Yeah, and I get the sense that your character is probably a little bit uh, of a dreamer, right? Like someone that's that's like uncovering this ragged spell book from like another relative and spending a lot of time so they can actually understand like the arcane runes that are in the book. They've probably got to have some time away from uh a lot of the other kids in town and it, you know you're not a kid you're 14 like you're you're just a couple years away from being a grown-ass man in terms of like what the north what the north holds but uh just looking at the map that we have here for the village of coldfield it seems like your family would probably live either out on the northern roads towards the keep on the borderlands or either the the mountain fork river which lies like towards the water mill and the ferry and the ford so would you say that your your character is more from like uh closer to the mountains and the keep or more towards like the uh, the ferry and the ford uh we'll say the mountains and the keep okay cool so so yeah there's a good spot uh like on my map where where like your family's settlement would would be uh and and i'll i'll go ahead and indicate that but if you're looking at the map that i posted on our little facebook page if you look at like road b basically it's the most northern settlement or the most northern sort of block house that's like on that road and out by itself uh, a little dark oh uh, yeah yeah i got yep, it that's right cool. across from like a field like that's where yep. your family farm is so uh that sounds good. So your da- like your daily jaunt likely includes uh, waking up, maybe stuffing your your spell book or whatever, like extra little bit of of reading or daydreaming you can get into your pouch, and then you're probably like like pushing your your herd uh, east towards the east downs to allow the the sheep to you know range for the day and then bring them back like at the end of the day, right? Because this, I guess, leads into the the current setting. In this day and time, it's pretty dark. Like after dark, folks folks get close to home and folks uh, shutter shutter their windows and lock their doors because for at least the past generation, it seems that there's been no uh, strong presence at the keep. Uh, in fact, uh, the people from Coldfield haven't heard any communication from the keep on the borderlands in like a generation at this point. So in terms of the folks here, you know, our our characters that actually have family that they can remember, basically that's the last uh, point in time. Like their, their parents could remember an interaction with the keep. And at this point all is quiet on that Northern front. So you guys live like on the absolute fringe of the earth here so uh and maybe and presumably the characters would know this so i'll just ask um it looks like the keep is 12 kilometers or so from coldfield if i'm yeah. looking at this map right right uh why has nobody just walked up and seen what's going on in a generation that's a long time to not hear anything and not walk 12 kilometers so uh, i mean there's lots of there's lots of answers there. One, you guys are relatively young, and at least in, ca- in the in the case of your character, it's a 14 year old. So you might be sheltered at least a little bit from information that's coming down to you. Uh, but 
as a as a smart fourteen year old, you can you can reason out that hey, that's not too far to walk. What's the story there? Uh, it comes down to uh, the goblin kind and the orc kind that that roam throughout the mountains have progressed southward. And about a generation ago, it seems like they hit the keep and be, like they took over control of that sort of like uh, shining beacon of, of of civilization. Like it's the the keep on the borderlands. While there's not necessarily a lot of uh, people assigned to that location in the grand stage of like Oworth. It is really kind of a statement of the last vestige of settlement on the northern extent of of the continent, and it seems to have like blinked out of existence uh, just like a generation ago. So that's kind of the setting. Do you guys have any questions? I think we did good nope. here. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, think, I think we're, we're set. Man. This is a good picture. Do we all know each other? <laughs> oh yeah. How how are we getting together? Oh good. Yeah. So so knowing so I'm gonna take a quick break and you guys talk about that. Like figure out how like you guys are all about town. You're all relatively young. These are the hooks that I basically wanted to like bring you all together. So talk about that. I'm gonna go whiz and come up with reasons why you might know one another or not know one another. And with that, I can throw out like the adventure hook for how things, like practically, would be playing out. Okay, cool. Cool. I like the idea that me and Brondo maybe yeah. are like wrestling partners. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that I've done some time at the stable with you, so I'm I know I know who you are, and, and we've probably uh, had contests to you know throw uh, a pitchfork as far as we can, nice. and, or a horse. Or a horse, <laughs> or try to punch out a horse, you know. Pie eating contest. Right, right. <laughs> or a turnip eating contest. A turnip, yeah. Like. Yeah, who can get one turnip down? Can you give a horse a suplex? Right. I don't actually watch wrestling. I, that's a, that, I just know that's a wrestling term. Do you want to give a horse a suplex? <laughs> Do you want to throw down? Okay, so Grota. So Grota, I think. Yeah, I think we're Please. we're. Uh, I guess just manual labor homies. Yeah. <laughs> Chain game pals. Right. Speaking of chains, whenever you need like met- metallurgy, um, I'm your I'm your guy. I'm learning the craft. Is Uleg sort of like an edge lord kind of guy, or I don't know what that means. Like uh, you said, he sees everything in black and white. So yeah. is he kind of hard to there's, be around? There's good or? and there's evil. He's Mr. A. Right? <laughs> yeah. There's 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 good, there's evil. You do good in the world, you're a light, you chase he away the shadow. Mr. A. Or you're a shadow and you uh are my enemy. So with no room to wiggle around in there. No. Okay. So do you talk about your Randian philosophies frequently or No, pretty quiet. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I realize about, I realize this is going to be a hard character to play. <laughs> That's no, I look but, forward to it. Um, uh, and so, to maybe an extension to make it a little easier is once you have been deemed a friend, you are a friend until you prove that you're not. 
if that makes any sense. Okay. So it's not like every that. every moment you are being weighed, you have been weighed and found um, worthy. Um, or un. Or, or unworthy, yeah. All right. And if you're unworthy, he just doesn't talk to you. Does he talk to us? He talks to you guys. Yes. He How might he might have wrestled with you at at, uh, at some point, right? Because I would what? I would I would get the vibe that you would at least your character would at least want to know if he could, right? Like if he could wrestle Grota to the ground. Yeah. Like I want to see if I can do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if I can, then that gives me an edge. Sure. Yeah. It may be a skill you need. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, to make it a little easier to get along with this guy. It, once you've once you've broached that, so once you've climbed the mountain that is uh, uh, gaining his trust, then you're there. You've 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 done it, and okay. we're all the same age, so it's yeah. reasonable that we've been friends for a long time. And it might not be like, hey, like let's go hang out and you know count the bugs in the field and do whatever we need to do to not go insane here in Coldfield. Right. Uh, but it might be, I'm in the forge, I'm in the forge, I'm in the forge. Hey, don't you want to go wrestle? Yes, I want to go wrestle. Let us go play horse. Let us go play horse. Let us go punch horse. <laughs> I, I will ride on your shoulders. You will ride on my shoulders. We will giggle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't, I can't imagine there are too many 14 to 18-year-olds <clears throat> excuse me, in town like a town of a hundred people that doesn't leave you very much wiggle room for like knowing other people your age. Well, it just right. I mean, they might be only a hundred uh, adults, but like, dude, they could be fit, you know. So I'm sure, I'm sure, Michael, you've tried your spells with us or on us or near us at some point. Right? I I would be curious about that. So I took. So I'll read. I'll read the list of the spells that I took. <clears throat> Charm person, hold portal, read magic, and sleep. So none of them are like outright damage dealing offensive things. They're all like okay. They're all more they're utilitarian, but also like you know sleep. Like you just put a bunch of people to sleep. So it's uh, more <laughs> control and utilitarian. So I'm not sure. Like I would have tested them on you guys because it's like. Oh, I'm going to charm you, and by the when you come out of it, you're going to know that I did that and not be happy about it. Well, I think that like if we've if uh, we've known each other, it may be sort of a thing where you know if we're all together, be like, all right, you try your sleep thing this time. Show us your magic. Show us I your magic. Show us I, your magic, magic nerd. Right. Magic I, nerd. I, right. I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna I, come I, charging at you, and if you don't cause me to sleep, I'm going to bowl you over. Yeah, you're getting suplexed. Right. The age range was what 14 to 18 and every right. the three of you all went on the high end. So oh, yeah. like you guys are all the same age cohort. And then there's this 14 year old mm-hmm. tagging along. That's probably still going through puberty. I like, please, I like you're going to spend the whole campaign going like, Hey guys, <laughs> please. Please don't oh, God, that. that would be so annoying for the listeners mm. yeah. um, and the players. But I like the idea. But now that I hear all that, I'm coming around. I'm I'm wondering if I should play it like the little kid that's tagging on. Like, no, guys, I want to be your friend or like something like you guys all know each other. And I'm the kid trying to get into the group because, you know, he's four years younger. Well, there's there's a difference, too. You know, I Mm. would say that there's a difference, too. And at least 
who your character is versus uh, the 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 other fellows on the mics right now. Just the the way that it's evolving. It seems like you know Hank is a bit more he's a bit more brainy and you know he's a he's a young whippersnapper. But we have uh, Brondo and Groda who seem to have their 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 peas in a pod, and then Uleg is a bit more black and white. Yeah. <laughs> but no, black, we must we must not steal the apple pie from the window. But could be like a moral center for the story if there's something like that. Uh, well, <laughs> Miss, Mrs. Grinda worked hard on her apple pie. <laughs> so I'll ask you, you a question. Become Hank. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, no, I can't. I can't maintain. It's amazing. The, I love it. I can't maintain the uh, the the Russian. Uh, Western block. So, so my, well, I have a question. For just Justin. to point one. Oh, just to <laughs> point one last thing out too. The, all the 18 year olds have lost their family. Yes, it's uh, true. Well, yeah. Hank still has all of his. So right. like there's, I imagine you guys could either bond over that or you guys have got more life experience cause you've been on your own. Right. Whereas Hank hasn't. So, so real quick before, and I'll let you guys can, can talk a, a bit more, but real quick, just for my own notes, Hank, uh, or, or Mike. So your character, Hank. So you mentioned that he had come across this, the spell book as a, as a youngster. So where did that spell book come from? Oh, I was really hoping you weren't going to ask that. Um, just, I, I, I'm not sure okay. I'm out of character. I haven't figured it out yet. So go ahead and roll uh, a D six. And if it's one through three, it's somebody, you know, and if it's, Four through six, you found it on the side of the road. Uh, four. Okay, so you found it on the side of the road, like as as a younger man. I mean, you're 14 now, but let's go ahead and say you've been studying. You're a second level uh, spellcaster. You've been you've been doing this independently, and you have a knack for it. But you found this this spell book on the side of the road when you were like 12, uh, and you live on the northern road, which leads up to the keep on the borderland. So you uncovered a spell book. Uh, that seemed to be just carelessly tossed aside, and it's something that you've kind of hoarded away. So, so you're picking up this information secondhand. Yeah, let, let's just play it with that way. That sounds good to me. Cool. All right, and I I, I jumped in here real quick, but John, you were about to ask a question. Do you remember what that was? Oh, uh, I was going to ask Justin: Is Brondo also kind of dumb? Yeah, yeah, kind of. So maybe Broda and Brondo like the magic guy because he can do magic. I think it's it's because he can do magic, and it's a thing that like neither one of us know or really care how to do it, but he can do it, and it's kind of cool to us, and uh, and and it's cool to hang out with him because he can do stuff that that we can't, but at the same time we could we do things that he can't either. Right, we atomic wedgie donkeys and stuff. Right. What are what are your intelligences? <laughs> Mine's five. No way. Okay. <laughs> Mine's actually eleven. Yeah. Okay. So mine so, mine is twelve. So yours is yours is so ten is average. Average. Yeah. 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 So so okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we're both we're both like smarter than the average bear. But right. Rhoda is 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 not. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna. But be he's funny. funny. Right. Grota's wisdom is 12. Does that help him at all? Yeah. So, I mean, just think about like, as we're getting into the content here, like if you are a character that's supremely dumb, but still has the capacity for like 
evaluating something as like good common sense, just think about how you might play that. Cause, cause you perhaps face the, the biggest hardship here of like mm. making a character like act <laughs> acting character, right? Like, like if it's a moral choice or if it's something that comes down to just, Hey, that fire is hot and it's going to burn me. You don't have any problems there, but if you, need to understand that hey you need to hold the candle underneath the rope so that it burns the rope so that it like you know causes the the bridge or you know the the connection to be severed like the rope that's stretching across some some vast like cavern or something you're not going to be able to handle that right like that's just a that's a bridge too far you can't you can't can't wrap your head around that grota is pawn in life yeah 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 yeah, your manga yeah right on all right, guys. So it seems like you all have a pretty a pretty firm understanding of the setting. You guys have kind of come up with some ways that you might know one another. Basically, what I would like to do with with the current module is allow you guys a chance to sort of develop your characters and also flex your muscles fighting some bad dudes. So, uh, so you guys all live within the land of Coldfield. As I said before, it's a cold place. It's a hard place. Uh, and the borderlands just generally aren't somewhere that you would like choose to be born and choose to be brought up in, but man, like your generation, it's, it's harder than the previous generation or the generation before. It just seems like the, uh, you know, the, the times of, of, of the fat calf and the, you know, the abundant harvest are, are a couple like your grandparents passed, right? Given that no one has any connection with the keep on the borderlands and that you guys are consistently persistently like dealing with roving bands of of goblins and just just horribleness every night like every night you get home before dark to sort of batten down the hatches and and make sure that you're protected like that's the world that you live in right like if you live at the kalish camp you guys are posting a guard just to like right. keep watch at the camp. Right. Like, right. so in your case, Justin, for your character, who's, who's laying in with this Kalish encampment, like you guys are having to pick out somebody to just like stand by the fire at night to keep a listen because you're kind of on the Western edge yeah. of town and you want to make sure that you don't get like, I don't know, laid upon by some, some rando, like a uh, pack of wolves or like rando, like cobalt squad. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the, that's the setting. Uh, you guys are all young of age. You guys all are familiar with like the, I don't want to say the class system in town because everybody's pretty damn poor, but there is the Burgermaster in town. And so there is at least a little bit of old money within, within the town. And it, it's, it goes without saying that, of course, the, the Burgermaster, he has like the cutest daughter that you guys have ever seen. And so, so in terms of, of arena, like arena, Kolyana is, is like the, the angel of Coldfield. Like she is absolutely the young woman that, that I would hazard to say your characters have like lusted after as, as youngsters spanning in age from 14 to 18. Uh, uh, you know, since you've, since you've hit that, that awakening within your senses, uh, uh, she, she's, she is, of course, that's that sort of flower. Uh, she's gone missing. 
that's that's the plight that is <laughs> that I'm casting out to you guys. Uh, here, just a couple short days ago, uh, it seems that she was out collecting flowers to bring home to the mansion for dinner one night and uh, was not to be heard from again. And this was on, it would be, if you're looking at the map, what's numbered number nine, which is the western hills or the western downs of of the map. That's the thing that I posted on on uh on the Facebook page, but I can also sort of sort of show it here. But but basically, I, she. I is, went ahead and dropped that in the Dropbox too. So okay, cool. It's there, thanks, man. So basically, just just to the west of Coldfield is where she was last seen, and that's the little little plot seed that I would throw out to you guys. It seems like people are getting restless. She's been gone more than a night. Like the fact that she wasn't home the first night is of concern. But people are starting to like rally up their their pitchforks and, and torches, and go on the hunt. All right, let's go look. Grota will help. <laughs> has, has there been any kind of formal like search or anything Police like that? Police inquiry, not yet. Like basically, that is that is what's happening. So so maybe I said two nights, but let's go ahead and say it was just the first night that she's okay. been missing. So on the second day of her like disappearance that's what people are starting to talk about like should they can should they range to the north the east the west to see where she might is it is it later on, on in the day that we're all sort of kind of starting to think that she might not be coming back uh well what do you think that brondo would want to do what did you have on the on the the docket for today's list of jobs well i mean you know since she didn't come back you know i would just it, it's but ask around, I guess, if anyone was interested in mm-hmm. in creating a formal search party or a formal um, so- something like that. So, so you live sort of on the western portion of Coldfield anyway, and so it's basically number seven that's on the map. Mm. Uh, that little encampment is as close to the western downs as anybody, and so... As you wake up and you're breaking bread, I mean, you guys are like eating bread and perhaps drinking some like watered down wine in the morning for your for your your, your break of fast in, in in the Northlands here. I don't know. Maybe what else would you have? Like just a a couple uh, a couple turnips. So, well, I Turnip. mean, tur- <laughs> turnips are like yeah. the ubiquitous. Like, they're the potatoes of the Northlands. Like everybody <laughs> eats turnips. Turnip, turnip, turnips. <laughs> Uh, so, so maybe an egg, like if you're lucky yeah. enough to be able to have some eggs to go around. Uh, and actually, so let's see. So it's fall. Uh, so, so at this point people are laying in for the harvest and a lot of those materials are, are starting to come in, right? So you're not necessarily at a lack of like a variety of foods to eat. If mm. this was like the, the beginning of the spring of the other side of the winter, it would be lean. You would be probably eating turnips. But at this yeah. point, there's a variety. So so you're eating your bread, you're drinking down some watered wine. Right. And if you want a couple of like quail's eggs, you got them to have. Yeah. Uh, so you're doing that and people are talking about whether or not they have seen Arena and like what the the motivations to, to could be to to look for her. And of course the the Kalish folk that you're that you're talking with are are discussing perhaps there might be a reward because of course the burgomaster right, is is the bunny is the money bags within town right. so so at least there's that kind of discussion yeah so I'm basically just asking 
the people around uh, if uh, if they've seen her or or heard her or anything like that. Um, I guess I'm I'm not really getting much from them. Um, they were more focused on taking care of themselves. So you're talking with, uh, let's see, uh, Dharma and Janos. Like those are the mm. two, the two, the two dudes that are that are there, like at one of the one of the wagons, and you guys are around the, the the little campfire in the morning talking about that. And they they're the ones that are talking about uh, a reward, and they seem to be fixated on the fact that there could be a reward. But nothing's like come down the pike just yet. But if okay. there is, by God, they're going to hop onto it because at this point the harvest season's almost wrapped up, and anything yeah. that might provide a little bit of a little bit of money for the tavern would be mm. would be a welcome a welcome item. Yeah. Well, that's fine. I mean, if if there is a reward, awesome. If not, then neither one of them are going to get it because I think they're both too dumb <laughs> to to to, well, to spend the money well. I'll put it that way. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, Dharma and Yanos, they tend to be the, the the first dudes that you see in the chat. Like that's line. the first thing they start talking about is where is the reward? You that's, know, not the fact that there's a girl missing. This is this is true. Yes. You know, so so that's that's what you're getting out of things. So let's go ahead and shift over. Perhaps I mean, so Grota, you're at the tavern. You're you're a stable boy. Uh, you're you know taking care of the the very light business on the front end of the day you know most of the activity at the tavern given that there's not many travelers involves people that might be coming in for you know the after hours items but uh uh what do you imagine that you might have heard coming in from like uh reports from the field or like reports from from various folks that would be coming in that morning well i've been really focused on the dung removal so far this morning but I did hear my boss talking with somebody who's ridden in, uh, just bringing news in that said that there's a girl missing, and I recognize the name uh, as the pretty girl in town, and they're talking about a possible reward. So I am interested maybe in gaining the reward because it would bring fame, and it would also let me buy some some new wrestling lessons. So I think that's where I'm my my headspace is at. Okay. Some Charles Atlas wrestling maneuvers. No more sand kicked in your face. <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> something of that that sort. So I I like her and I I want to help her, but I'm also I'm intrigued by this prospect of new the the news that I've heard from Eric. Okay. So. Uh... Like you're so so. Where does your character like sleep on a nightly basis? Do you go back to the church <clears throat> uh, originally, but lately sort of been staying with the blacksmith, okay, um, and his family. Just more or less, they it's a kind kindly family. They've mm-hmm. they've let me sort of sleep on a a bunch of a pile of sacks in the corner. Gotcha. And uh, uh, you know, I help out around the forge, and I'm learning how to how to do the uh, the trade. And it, it really has taken a load off of uh, the blacksmith's um, task list, right? So, so it seems to me that the forge, like the the smithy, would either be one sort of like in town commons, like near the tavern and whatnot, or yeah. alternatively, like out by the river, like where you would have the water mill and the ability to sort of do that kind of thing. Where do you think that the the smithy would be? I think it would be a little bit further out than the middle of town. Okay. Um, 
just because the noise and the the heat and the constant smoke from the the forge would be kind of a nuisance. Gotcha. And and you know building it closer to the river would be would be the smart thing to do. Okay. Right? Cuz you're going to need lots of water to to temper the the materials and and so I think it's a little further out closer to the mill. Okay. Um, so this morning I would say you're probably waking up and like your daily routine would be such that you're kind of the runner of I mean you're the you're the workhorse of the of the smith smithy too. And so part of that would be pack mule. So if there's anything that needs to make its way towards the tavern and make its way towards the mercantile, you might very well be the guy that's like leading the donkey uh, and, and carrying an extra pack on your shoulder. So at some point during that day, you're going to be making your way into proper town. Uh, and so that would be traversing like from number five towards like the tavern, what you see there on the map. And also again, what's on the Facebook page. Uh, like you would be making that routine progression on a, on a daily basis. Yeah. So maybe that's even how you like run into these other guys, like (laughs) for your, for your hijinks that you guys have already established. Like that's how you see one another is because that's, that's your excuse to like get into town proper. So, uh, on this this day, like what can you envision happening? I envision it's it's, it's sort of a starts off as a run run of the mill day, but as I make my way into town, leading the the pack mule full of uh, full of trade goods, um, I notice lots of hushed, uh, worried faces, hushed conversations, and pick up on the fact that uh, Irina has disappeared in the night. Uh, has not come back, and this is a foul portent. Um, and on my way, uh, I pass pass by. Let's see, it wouldn't make sense to pass by either of you guys, maybe. But as uh, I get closer, probably Groda, because he's at the tavern, and that might that's be that's what where I was going to say. As off. I get closer to the tavern, um, I, I see Groda, whose face looks very concerned, and uh, thinking I think, about wrestling. Thinking, he's thinking about wrestling, but he's also thinking about if I save this girl who's very pretty, she might kiss me, and if she kisses me, um, then I'll be a stable man. And if I'm a stable <laughs> man, then they will pay me more, and then I will be able to buy more wrestling lessons. New unitard for Groda. Yes, yes. New entrance theme for Groda. <laughs> Uh, so I'll, I'll make my way to Grota and we'll have a conversation. Hello, Uleg. Grota. What you brings s- you to town this morning? <laughs> uh, the same thing that brings me every morning, Grota. Of course. But you look worried. What troubles you? I have just heard from Eric that apparently the pretty girl is missing. The pretty girl, Irina? E, yes, pretty girl. Uh, what news? That's hard to pronounce for for Grota. Yeah, that's a lot of syllables. Three syllables. Uh, what news is there? Uh, is there news of a rescue party? We we must we must gather some forces. We must we must go find her. There are whispers of a reward. The true reward. Money. The true reward is a good deed done. And money. Aye. <laughs> so what are we going to do? 
Oh, I I clearly can't form a coherent thought to move from, from this. I like this because <laughs> my guy doesn't say much, and your guy can't say much. <laughs> um, uh, then uh, perhaps it should be us. We're capable. Why not us? Grota and Uleg, Uleg Save and me. Grota, but we'll need more. More men. More men. More stable men. <laughs> so so as you're saying that perhaps uh that would be a good cue for justin's character uh brondo to be to be coming into town like you've exhausted the the little bit of information you can get from from Dar- a, uh, dharma and Giannis. yeah i brought a uh, i brought a quail egg for grota because i know he's he likes eggs Ooh. so hey buddy i had a i had an extra thing i had an extra egg this morning uh, i thought i'd bring it to you and uh, and those those those, those, uh, those two dummies in in my camp were talking about uh, a reward for arena that's gone missing. I mean that's fine, but we should probably you know find her because she she matters and she's uh, she's she's worth keeping around in this godforsaken place. Do you want to go find her? Hey, what's up? Rondo is right. Pretty girl, good to see. Money, good to have. So, Ar- gro- so arguably, <laughs> the good will be great. So, Groda, the the quail egg, it's hard boiled. It's it's very it's it's I shouldn't say it's very small. It's it's an average sized egg, uh, but for you, a, a large man of, of large girth, you know, an up and coming strapping young lad, it's like it's just like it's gone, <laughs> right? What does John I, Goodman I say? Gaston level of eggs, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> what does John Goodman say in? Uh, uh, oh brother, where art thou? Like, I'm a, I'm a man of large appetite. That's right. <laughs> I appreciate you ceasing conversation while I gestate. Well, yeah. so so if you guys if you guys recall as as players from like the previous seasons, like in the fall, you actually have the the oversized ducks that tend to migrate through the ducks. area. So you have like the oversized like Renfair like like duck legs that are the standard staple like at the tavern in terms of dinner. And if you've got the money to afford it, and you guys are are relative youngsters, and you would be hard pressed to like to to be able to afford this on the reg, but you could get like a big, like boiled like duck egg, like that thing. Mm. That thing would be it would be the equivalent of like a half dozen like standard like like real world eggs, like all boiled. Like it would be like like a half an ostrich egg. Like yeah. it would be a big damn egg, right? Mm-hmm. This is not that. This is like and and it's. It's just a, a mere pittance for for Groda's fun size egg. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a fun size egg for for Big Groda. Gone in a gulp. Yep. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so okay, so we've got three of the troops rallied. Uh, Hank, your character is someone that lies on the north end of town. You've got the sheep that uh, generally you would be heading out to the east downs. Perhaps you would be going out to the western downs on occasion too, if you're wanting to mix up. You know uh, the fields and where the where the sheep would be ranging, but uh, like basically, what do you do? You envision that your character would be coming into town on a regular basis, or would we need to work your character in like organically here later in the day? Uh, I don't think he'd be coming into town regularly, um, but I imagine you know it's it's a small settlement and people are coming and going, so his. Hank's parents would have heard about the disappearance and, you know, early breakfast before the sun's coming up, 
really uh, proper. You know, they got to eat before they take the sheep back out. And, and uh, I imagine they might be talking like, oh, there's, you know, there's another another child gone missing. And, you know, we, we need to leave this place, but how can we leave with all of the money to get out and that kind of thing? And, and Hank's ears perk up at this when they mention uh, her name because, I mean, she's hot stuff and he's 14 and all about that now. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, I, I kind of slam down the rest of breakfast and, and get up from the table real quick and, and make some excuse to that he, you know, he can't take the sheep out today and just kind of runs off to town. Um, he knows none of the adults are going to want to have him around on the rescue party. So he's going to seek out, you know, his, uh, the other three of them because they're they're a little bit older so he's pretty sure they could handle themselves if he gets them together before the adults get out um but they also might tolerate having him around okay uh, and he he wants to go save her because you know he wants he wants that kiss so so you're coming into town yourself thing you're thinking yeah and and i mean almost did a run like he knows that uh Grode is going to be at the tavern he knows that uh, Uleg's gonna be around the blacksmith. He thinks he can round them up pretty quick, um, and oh, maybe we... even get the jump on some of the adults that would have a search party going later in the day. Yeah, I would so... say this is pretty, probably pretty routine, right? Like since we've right. we've seen each other in town enough, we know we've been around enough that this is kind of what happens in the mornings. Right, and it's worth saying too that again, like Coldfield is not a large place. Like there are, uh, there's twenty different farm families, abouts, and there's a Kalish encampment with probably like ten or eleven wagons. Like all told, you guys account for much of like the uh, the rambunctious youth <laughs> within town. Like there's probably another like. A uh, gang or two of y'all that are about town, uh, because of course there's even going to be cliques in the, sure, the borderlands, right? But but y'all's clique and perhaps like a couple other cliques, and that's that's it, right? Like there's only so many games in town. You can only be one of like two or three cliques in a town of like a couple hundred kids or a couple hundred people with like you know ten or fifteen kids. So so what we're dealing with here is a large subset. You guys would know one another and be able to sort of round up. Uh, one more quick question, Hank. So does your family, given that you have a family and given that you're someone that's like, uh, uh, with, with some connection, do you have like a, a, a last name in line for your family? Hmm. Hadn't considered it. Okay. So let's go with, uh, cool K U L Z E L N I K. That'll be uh, like, you're going to have to spell that one back real slow. Uh, okay, it's uh, K U L Z E L N I K. Yep, and so that's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good northern. Yeah, name. I like it. It fits with the uh, fits with the theme here, uh, and that like so that's the that's the family farm that you that you hail from. Uh, so you've come down the northern road, and you guys are all getting together. And let's just say that you're meeting up around like the uh, the stable near the tavern, like near the mercantile near the tavern, and you're having this conversation. So Bildrath, he's the uh, the owner of the mercantile, has been like for the for the whole generation, like basically since you guys have been alive. Uh, B i l d r i t h, I think Bildrath. 
or Bildrith. Bildrith. Uh, Bildrith, Bildrath. I mean, uh, at least a couple of y'all can't necessarily uh, do the letters all that good anyway. <laughs> so, so you just know it's Bildrath. He's he's the mercantile dude, uh, and also the the, the tavern, the, the the tavern sort of like head person. So, uh, that's where you guys round up, and of course, persistently, y'all are told to like scatter and get the hell out of here. So you've got a quick little spot where you go on the other side of the stable where you're out of sight where you can continue to have your you know your dicing and your your you know dirty joke exchanges here that's probably where you guys are getting together to have this conversation so so are you guys wanting to know about the 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 possibility of a reward or are you just wanting to strike on out i i know that uleg would just want to strike out same with brondo it's just just go get her Okay. We'll deal with uh, if there's a reward after. Save girl from flowers. Save girl from flowers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hank doesn't. Hank would like a reward, but that's not his primary concern because he wants the girl. Right. Uh, also, he's thinking, like I mentioned earlier, the faster we get on the road, the faster we can beat some of the adults that might be mm. doing the same thing and beating us to the punch. Okay. So it's a. Uh... It's Friday. You ain't got nothing to do. Uh, <laughs> you might as well go try to try, try to rescue rescue the, the the burgomaster's daughter. That's that's kind of the. It's Friday. The you ain't got no story. job. Yeah. You ain't got shit to do. <laughs> you might as well just just do that. So, in terms of where you guys are, uh, if you're looking at the the map of Coldfield, you're in like the southwest corner of the triangle or the, the, the thing that's labeled number three. That's like the tavern slash stable slash mercantile location. And that's that's where you're at. Uh, the last that people saw of Arena was like she was going again, like it sounds silly, but she was going to like pick flowers on the western uh, the western downs, which I think is maybe labeled uh, number nine, sort of on the western side mm. of, of town. Like, that's the direction that she was heading. Uh, at this point, it's fall. There's not that many uh, flowers to, to, to be had, so you would have to range a little bit further away uh, on perhaps some of these downs where there would be wildflowers to be picked. All right. Well, I mean, do I need to go back and get my stuff? Did we agree that, that we're just going to go? Well, yeah, let's meet back here in an hour. Okay. okay. So you guys can go ahead and uh, take an hour to get your get your possibles all rounded up. Uh, Hank, that might be a little bit harder for you to, to to round up, given one, you're someone that's got like a real a real home, and two, like you might have to like go out on the north road and head back. Uh, so Hank, do you have to ask your parents, or can you <laughs> just put them to sleep? <laughs> yeah. I honestly, I imagine when he ran out the door, he would have just grabbed his pack and grab the things on the way out anyhow because he he was figuring on rounding these guys up to go strike out looking for us so yeah. he, he was good to go and nice okay nice right. is, is Perfect. a bit confused why they weren't good to go already like <laughs> come on guys well, losing I've, I've, I've got a uh i've got a a mule full of uh goods that i've got to finish mm-hmm. delivering or something so yeah. Yeah, I've got, and then get back home and get right. my get my mace it's called a job hank i got stuff with we, yeah we're adults <laughs> adulting here 
let the big boys talk and figure this out. But but realistically, like, what is it? A couple like a couple kilometers, like in one way to sort of span the the distance of Coldfield out right. to like the uh, the, the Ford and back. So in your case, like you can do that. Like sure, you can drop your 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 business and get on back and then and hustle and bustle. Even walking at double yep. time, you could do it pretty quick. Right. Yeah. Cool. So, okay. So, you guys are meeting back. Let's go ahead and say it's just mid-morning. Uh, you guys all are, are circled to one another. This may be the first time that you've all sort of, like, seen one another, like, like uh, ready for bear, ready for adventure. <laughs> well, this is probably, like, the first time that we're all for, like going to do a thing yeah absolutely yeah right? so so go ahead and describe at least in terms of like your your weapons and your overall appearance because that's a little bit different than like who you are in terms of an occupation yeah. so so go ahead and do that um uleg is carrying a warhammer a a big big hammer um he also has strapped on his belt a smaller hammer that looks like it is designed for throwing uh, he's wearing scale mail that uh, does not look like it's well fitted, nor does it look like it's v- super well made. You get the sense that maybe this is his first mail making project. Um, and so a uh, little bit loose, not, not quite f- fitted uh, uh, like a professional would make it, uh, but it gets the job done. It's going to protect him from, from blades. And uh, he has a, a shield uh, strapped to his back and, uh, beneath that shield, you, you see the straps of a backpack. Um, but you can't tell what's in there. And, uh, he's wearing sort of an old battered helm. All right. Um, yeah, I've just got on, uh, sort of basic leather armor. Uh, it's pretty beat up, uh, but it's, it, it's, it moves and, and flexes as I need to. Uh, I got my morning star, like my backpack with all my my stuff that I need in it. Got a dagger on my belt, right? Um, and that's and that's pretty much it. I'm pretty bare bones. Yeah, like I travel light. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine your character has like the standard, uh, like handyman, like, like pretty much like yeah. tool, like not not tool kit, but like the wooden like toolbox that you would see, mm. you know. Uh, that would have your standard your standard weapons, or, or I'm sorry, your standard like like tools. But in in terms of this Morning Star, is it just a, a straight up big ass old club that you've created, or is it an actual like weapon that you've scavenged somewhere? It's an actual weapon that I have scavenged uh, somewhere. I mean, again, nice. it is it is beat up like the armor, but it's it's sturdy, um, and it's something that I've had for a few years now. Nice, nice. Okay, cool. Uh, how about you, Hank? What's, uh, what's up in terms of your, your, your wizarding? Okay. Uh, you guys notice right away, Hank doesn't have any armor. Uh, he's got his clothes and a backpack. Typical um, Hank. Backpack is kind of bursting at the seams with a variety of things. Um, if you were to dig in there, he's got, you know, a hammer, some iron spikes, uh, tinderbox, um, kind of stuff that you'd use around, uh, a, a, a settlement but also could be useful in adventuring um you do notice he's got a dagger um and a sling uh which you know useful for keeping away the wolves and uh interestingly he also has a whip 
not sure where he came across that or, or why he uses it. It, but, would be, uh, it would be a good I, shepherding I tool. Like like uh like the sling absolutely is a is a shepherding uh tool to have, but like a whip or a crook would be a good way of sort of lassoing or or slowing down a sheep. So it, to me it totally makes sense that your character might have like a whip in hand as a means of like uh like like laying an extended hand on a sheep. Yeah. And I've got like I I I do have a rope and a ten foot pole right on. as well. So like again, just sort of random, you know, handyman esque things that may be needed. As a handyman, you can appreciate that a ten foot pole will do a hell of a lot of things, right? In a hell of a lot of situations. So that right. is a good that is a good tool to have. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Okay. Uh, last we have last but not the least we have Grota the Lodge. What do you have, sir? Grota the Large wears some chainmail armor that he inherited from his maternal grandfather, who he also inherited his size from. And he carries a great club with him that he carved by hand, and he calls it affectionately Bjorn, which is uh, Swedish for bear. Right on. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's uh, uh, his big whopping stick that he likes to use on things. And he has two small daggers that he also carries just in case. And so you say small daggers. A lot of other peoples would say big ass knives. I would I would hazard to guess. They are tiny in my meaty palms, though. <laughs> so you basically got a shillelagh that you want to bonk some stuff with. Yeah, nice. big old great club. That nice. is awesome. I dig it. Yeah, it's I a like two it hand kind of thing. Mm. Okay. Um. And, oh, I neglected to mention that. Uh, something that you don't notice often about Uleg, but is, is very apparent now is a holy symbol that is draped around his neck. And it is the symbol of Zverog. Right on. So, so what would, (laughs) what would your character's relationship be to his Lord? Go ahead and go ahead and sort of explain like your character is a ward of the church. Yes. But what's his relationship with the forge? Um, he views the forge as an analog or an analogy to life. And uh, you can either be broken by the blows of life or you can be strengthened by them. And um, the, the sparks that fly can either ignite uh, passion for doing right or they can burn you to, to a crisp. Um and so something that he says often that you guys have heard him say is uh, strong as my will. Also my hammer, both uh, tempered in the forge. You, you don't recognize this from any sort of, of liturgy or, or holy text or any sort of, you've never really heard anyone say these words in this way. Right. It's, it's almost a personal mantra. Yeah. I like it. I don't care for gods, but I respect Uleg, and I respect uh, the path that he's on. Uleg's got his own personal Jesus going on. That's over right. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there are things about Uleg that he's never revealed to you guys, and this is one of them. Oh, all right. Yeah. You're, you're standing. the The camera is like doing the the full 360. It's on the drone, and right. it's just like circling, and it's getting this majestic view of our adventurers about to. Set forth an adventure. <laughs> Getting a sweet crane shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, you're looking all cool. And the, somebody's got like a, a fan blowing and your hair is going. I mean, 
Yeah, something like that. Like that scene where they leave <laughs> Rivendell. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, I'm laughing because Justin and I are both like totally bald. <laughs> so you, but it would be blowing your beards. Yeah. Like yeah, your beards would just be so bushy and flowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, impressive. So, so that's we're there. Okay, so we're into an adventure. So at this point, you guys know that uh, Arena is to the north and slightly to the west. Like basically if you just strike off north from the downs, you're going to be in the direction where she was last seen. So so it makes sense for you guys to go that way and to sort of search for a trail. So at this point I'll throw it out to y'all and sort of let you all decide how and where you go on the basis of like what you know of the map. And I would point your attention to 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 that map. Go ahead and flip it over. And so there we go. So you've got like uh, the little the little realm of Coldfield, and you know where the keep is. It's, she's not like the the Western Downs were west of town, but but sort of slightly north. So so just use that with with where you're deciding where you're going. Well, if Hank is bringing sheep out to mostly the east, but out to the west sometimes, presumably he'd know where there would be flowers in bloom this time of year, especially if it's yeah. getting on towards fall and there's not a whole lot blooming. Is there a path uh, like that, that, that we can see that, that people walk down to get to this yeah, space? I'm liking where you guys are going with this. You guys both have good ideas. Like that's, that's straight, straight on. There is a path that leads basically from cold field and North. So you can follow that path easily and, uh, Hank, you recognize that there are certain slopes that still tend to have flowers persisting, you know, at this point within the fall. So go ahead and roll 3d6. Come on, dice. There we go. Uh, five, nine, eleven. Okay, is that under your dex? Or I'm sorry, not your dex. <laughs> your intelligence. Yes. Okay. 16. So you're able to pinpoint a handful of slopes where you might would suspect that, hey, there should still be flowers persisting, like like here, they're western slopes, they're receiving some extra sunlight in the evening hours, and these would be good spots to get, you know, the, the last vestiges of warmth and sort of radiance that would give you, like, the blooms that you would be seeking. So you guys are, you guys are exploring those, you're sticking to the trail, as uh, Justin's character uh, Brondo suggests, and he's kind of kind of leading the way, and you find a trail. You find clearly the trail of like a single person, like leading off into a, a, a thicket of of uh, flowers that would be collected. Well, I say we just head for the flowers. I mean, if that's where she was rumored to be heading, and I guess you know we've all seen her do it before, so. That would make the most sense to me. Yep. <clears throat> I agree. Cool. Yeah, so you guys Flowers are- bad. <laughs> <laughs> flowers bad or flowers good? Flowers bad. Pretty girl likes flowers. 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 Grota knows. He's... he's <laughs> uh, you guys You guys get into the, the general vicinity of, of where there's this pocket of flowers. Clearly, there has been... Not just a single person, but multiple uh, individuals here in this location. And you can see a path that just like strikes up north. And so when I say path, I just mean like 
like broken and laid over grass. There's more than one person that's been striking off through the downs, so you can kind of see it, especially at this point with uh, with things getting colder, things are getting deader. Like the, there's not necessarily green growth that's coming back, you know, a little bit fresh and vibrant every day. So when things are sort of bent over and broken, they're kind of laying down. So you, there's there's a path that you guys can 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 easily track. Can, are there any footprints? Can we tell if, like, obviously multiple things were here. Can we tell if they were smaller than normal humans, like adult human or average human size? Like, basically, I imagine goblins and kobolds and, and that kind of thing are going to be smaller. Can we get a general size estimate? That's a that's a good idea. So go ahead and roll a three d six. Six, nine, eleven, wait, six, nine, eleven again. Okay, go ahead and roll one more d6. One. Uh, okay. So, twelve. Okay, so you got a twelve. Is that under your uh, intelligence? Yes. Yeah, so, so you're able to tell here that, hey, uh, what you're seeing here, these are not human-sized footprints. You're seeing actually a variety of, of smaller... Uh, uh, footprints of some type of, uh, I mean, they're bad guys, right? Like they are, yes. they're goblin kind. Like these are uh, something of that ilk. So, so just for our listeners, and just for you know, Justin, who's who's new on on the recordings, basically here within this world, you have uh, what I'm calling three different groups you have the fey folk and so if you're a fey folk you're either an elf or a dwarf or a halfling and so those are kind of the fairer of the the magical groups that you could potentially like have a player character centered around not for this adventure but perhaps for others uh and you got your your notions for them but on the other side of things you also have orc kind and goblin kind and so in terms of goblins you've got the traditional goblins also hobgoblins which are like like super super soldier goblins and then also kobolds so that's like hmm. one sort of suite and then otherwise in terms of the orcs you have orcs and gnolls and bugbears and they're kind of all sort of allied together so here in the north there are certain like tribes of uh, orcs and goblin kinds that sort of ro- roam the area. Like, there's different flavors, just like there's different flavors of humans, the same way that the Kalish are different from the fairer skin folk. You get that here also with any of these other uh, uh, groups. But uh, in answer to, like, Hank's role there, what we're seeing here are clearly some cobalt footprints that are heading north. Well, it's not surprising. Yeah, no, no. I mean this yeah. is this is par for the course. It's just kind of shocking that you would have someone that is presumably taken as opposed to like just left on the hillside, you know, ravaged or or, or rendered apart. Yeah. Well, and it's useful to know that it's not orcs or hobgoblins or something that may be a little bit larger. Yeah, so the, the, the kobolds that you have here are the the slobber-toothed kobolds. That's like the standard flavor <laughs> of kobolds that you guys that you guys encounter. These are relatively weasel-like critters. They're slinking. They don't like to be out. 
during the daylight hours. In fact, they, they, you know, you know that they have dark vision as kobolds. They're, they're better equipped to seeing in the dark, the dark, uh, recesses of, of the forest or down in the woods or down in the holes. But they, they're fine to be out at daylight. They're not the same as, like, perhaps goblins themselves. Like, goblins don't like to be out in sunlight. You only see goblins either down in the ground or out at night. Kobolds, they're a little bit free-ranging. So she wouldn't have been able to have been taken by kobolds. Uh, that's what appears to have happened here, just on the basis of, one, no blood, and two... The, the vast variety of, like, cobalt foot tracks that are mm. striking off north. <clears throat> they typically walk in single file to hide their numbers. They're clever, sure. these cobalts. <laughs> these these slobber-toothed so co- cobalts. They, they don't like to go out in, in the day. They don't really like to go out at night. They prefer to just stay home. I just don't see what, the, what they would get out of kidnapping someone. Uh, maybe they like pretty things. Maybe. Who can know the nature of evil? It's only for us to quelch it. She take flowers. Flowers take her. <laughs> you think we're here to kill these flowers, don't you? No, Groda, flowers flowers can't take people. No. Flowers no take? Flowers no, no take, Groda. Groda understands. <laughs> <laughs> Was kobolds Groda? Kobolds. <laughs> so so you all are ranging to the north. Uh, you're moving forth at, at a fairly good quip. Do we know how how many they travel? Like, like what's a pack of kobolds? Oh, what's the average um, number? It's in the range of, like, double digits. Like, okay. like, like, if you were to see a half dozen to a dozen and a half, like six to 18 kobolds. That's mm. a, that's like kind of like a pack, okay. right? Like if you were to see a pack of wolves okay. or a pack of goblins, I mean, they're not the same because it, goblins and, and kobolds are intelligent, but it's on the order of like, uh, a clan or a small yeah. group. Like they're all part of the, the, the slobber tooth, like, like group. And how old but, is arena Again. Oh, she's she's y'all's age. So she's okay. like 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 sixteen or seventeen. Okay. Well yeah. I would like to think that growing up in Coldfield she'd still she'd be able to get you know should she have been taken upon by Cobalt, she would be able to maybe get one. Uh that's that's a that's a Are fair there any dead ones? Not that you're seeing. Okay. Uh, but but that's a good observation. I mean, for all of her sort of uh I don't know. I don't want to say this. Like, for all of her uh, standard sort of like maiden tropes, she mm. she was not she was not a a, a a weenie that just couldn't like put up a fight. Like, right. It stands to reason that that she would have like kicked the shit out of somebody if they right. would have come up to her. Right. Uh, and you're not seeing any evidence of blood, so that's a that's a little bit of a okay of a disconcerting thing to see okay uh so you guys roam like at this point going out north of of those hills you get you i don't know if any of y'all would have had reason to be out this far but there actually is a cemetery like roving out north of uh town 
and it's it's an old location where lots of dead, at least like generations past in Coldfield, where they are buried. Well, then I've probably buried my parents there. Perhaps so. Yeah. So yeah. so so it could very well be that you're actually like striking out to a location that you realize, hey, I know this location well. It's yeah. it's not necessarily a place that people would go on a regular basis. They would go there for a funeral and that's about it. Like but we all know actually, where it is. Uh, for the most part. Well you do. Yeah. You okay, do. Yeah. Uh I, I don't know. I mean maybe Hank would, maybe I mean maybe everybody would. It just depends on how in tune you are with like death within the community because this is like an old school cemetery like not necessarily in town it's not where you put dead people in the ground right now it's where you would have put like dead people in the ground like a generation ago oh okay yeah if that makes sense but do you think that's a place where where your folks would be well considering my my Dad died when I was 10, so that's mm-hmm. eight years ago. Mm-hmm. So my mom, more recent, okay. when I was 16. So they, I don't, that, they wouldn't be there then. No, no, this, they, so they would have been. But maybe would, I was taken there like the by my of, parents. Could have been. My grandparents are there. I mean, and, and Hank's, Makes yeah, sense. absolutely. And, and so like Hank being someone that's like from the town and has like, that longer association of perhaps grandparents or a deeper sort of lineage, this would be like the, it's basically the place where people were buried until Coldfield became like an established town. And it's not really much more again than like 20 settlements, like or 20, 20 farmhouses all together sort of like rallied together with extra helpers. But that is now the central hub, whereas before this was the place where everybody would sort of go to to I don't want to say drop off, but like where people would uh intern their yeah. dead. So you guys come to this to the cemetery, this graveyard that's like on the hillsides. It's on these rolling hills, uh almost bluegrass like, almost like like the downs that you would see here and there's in, no blood in northern Kentucky. There's no blood. There's no signs of a of a fight or a struggle. Oh no! There's there's just clear, like more than more than like a dozen individuals just like making tracks through okay. like uh, pressed down and broken uh, vegetation at the end of the season. So you're seeing like like tall grass that's being pushed aside yeah. and, and smushed over. But Arena would have path. known that the graveyard is there too. Perhaps, perhaps, I mean, yeah. But you're like you're basically making a beeline past that, and that okay. is a, that is a clear like, uh, like like a reference point. Okay. Like in terms of a map, like if you were making a map right now, okay. like that that cemetery or that graveyard would be a reference point that you could return to. Hint, hint, hint. And so you guys are striking north along the. The, the route. Uh, at this point, it's worth looking at the larger map and the lay of the land. Basically, you have the uh, keep on the borderlands, you have Coldfield, you have the, the Mountain Fork River, and you have the road. There's also two bands forest land. You have sort of the eastern belt, which lies on the eastern side of the the Mountain Fork River. You have the western belt, 
of the the forest. So you guys are basically making a beeline straight toward the western belt of the forest that lies basically just west of the uh, the the keep on the borderlands. Does okay. that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so this should match like the the same old the same old same old map yeah. from times past. Yeah. So we're uh, here in Coldfield, and we're moving more or less north up to the the western belt of forest. So Hank, you you paid more attention to to arena than I think I have. I really don't care. Um, so is there? I mean, is she? Is this something that that she does regularly, or would you? Get kidnapped by kobolds? No, well, I mean, make her make her <laughs> way this far, I guess. <laughs> no, I don't think she would have come this far of her own volition. And I mean, especially considering that we've already seen that the kobold footprints are around her, I don't, I don't think she would have come here on her own. Hmm. So, I'd say that something foul is afoot. I don't think she would have come willingly. But you know, the trail's still pretty obvious. Uh, you know, we could keep following it and, yeah. and see where it leads. It leads to the northern forest. Indeed it does. I mean, you guys are are progressing north. You left at mid-morning. This isn't like uh, a, a long distance to, to cover. But in the span of like multiple kilometers on foot, that is still taking hours of your day, right? Yeah. So, so as you guys are getting towards... Afternoon hours, you're beginning to hit that western belt of forest. And so the forest here is essentially pine. That's what you're coming into. So this is a pine forest. It's a change in elevation. Like, while you've been roaming and roving across the the, the downs, uh, basically like ups and up and down hills at a consistent elevation, like you're going up and down, like on a small scale, you're staying at the same elevation, right? But you get to the point where you're hitting like the the upslope leading to the mountains, and at that point, the the habitat condition changes and it switches over to pine trees. You enter mm. into forest, and that's where you're at. Again, the path is consistent in terms of like leading up through this grass, but once you get to the pine trees, you're still able to relatively easily follow a path that, that continues to to move into the uh, the pine forest so we keep going uh, absolutely yeah, um, i mean let's keep following till we find something either her or the cobalt what um we must what are the conditions like you mentioned the pine forest is it is it dry like if we if we accidentally misuse fire could we torch the whole place uh yes, is at that this a point consideration? in time. Yeah, well, since it's fall, fall is a so relatively we're walking on fallen pine needles. That's it. yes, absolutely. Okay. At this point, you're moving into the uh, the the northern belt is the uh, is a pine forest, and so that forest is relatively dense. Like as you get further in, there's more and more pine trees, so it's not like it's pine trees above and grass below it's like it's pine trees throughout and you have that pine needle under like that that's what the duff is uh and and the fall season is relatively dry uh you know the wet seasons of course the spring and then the summer is the growing season and so in the fall which you guys are in uh it starts to get relatively dry and so at this point if you were to like 
strike a strike a match, you might very well start a forest fire if you were like in an uplink condition. Hey, Grota, eat this pine cone. Yeah. <laughs> Just might be useful to know if we get cornered or have to, you know, torch some kobolds out of somewhere. It wow. is it is fairly dry, and you are in the the fall months in this boreal forest condition. Yep. Cool. Cool. Well, let's keep going. I, especially if the trail's easy to follow, let's let's see if we can find where it goes. Can, can we keep following the trail? Is it can the, the pine needles are okay. disheveled and mm-hmm. yeah. I don't I don't want to say like there, there's not even a reason to roll. Like with a dozen or so cobalt, you can follow this track exactly where it's leading. They're they're dummies. Right they're they're cobalt. They're not <laughs> they're not like masking their trail. And you guys, while you're not trackers. It's it's kind of a no brain situation here. So you're you're able to find the trail, and uh, you're getting closer. And basically, what I would say is you come up to, uh, not necessarily a plateau, like a leveling. Well, maybe it is a plateau. Like you, you're you're consistently going upslope a little bit, but you mm-hmm. hit almost like a bench in the mm-hmm. topography, and at that point you're seeing that there is like a hole in the ground up ahead. Ah. Yeah. And it's pretty reasonable to assume that none of us have been this far north. Uh, unless you guys give me some sort of reasonable explanation for why you would be. No, I mean, like this is this is virgin territory for all of no. y'all. How big it's, is the hole? Uh, it's like 5 or 6 feet by Four or five feet across. Go ahead and roll 3d6. Eight. Is that under your wisdom? Yes. Yeah, so uh, it strikes you as you're coming up towards this hole in the ground and you're seeing it. Like, this is a... uh, This is not, like, a natural, like, hole in the ground. This is, like, a portal. Like, this is, like, an archway. This is, like, a... This is, like, a... Hey, here's a straight up avenue that lin- like leads itself into the ground. This is a this is a path. Okay. Yeah. Well, do we go in it? So, answer me this: How f- like where are you guys at in relation to this lair? And like, what's your? I don't want to just say what's your marching order at this point, but what's your uh, plan of attack? Like, you guys are seeing this thing. And we'll go ahead and just say judiciously that that you're like you're over a couple hundred meters away and you sight this. Okay. Like this thing is is at the extent of your eye shot, but it's within the pine forest, so it's kind of open at this point. Mm. And you're able to see like this yeah. this maw that you yourself, uh, Rondo, are able to sort of like deduce that hey, like that's a that's a mine tunnel that's leading into the ground. Yeah. Is it uh, still plenty of light out? So, uh, yes, but it is getting towards evening time. Like, like you wouldn't necessarily have more than a couple hours of, of, of right. light to get done. So in a few hours, there's going to be some things coming out of that hole. More than likely. Presumably. Presumably. But if we go into there... If and we, we go in first. And we bring the wrath... Of the forge to them, then nothing but us will emerge from the hole. I like where your head's at, Uleg. 
Groda, go first. I don't know, Hank. You got any magic-y stuff that we uh, we might need? Nah, <clears throat> not that could help with a big old hole in the ground. Okay. I'm gonna busy myself preparing my lantern. Yeah. So I'll have a lantern in one hand. I'll have a warhammer in the other. All right. I'm Groda, ready. I'm go ready first. to go. I give the lantern to Groda. Groda, Groda go, go first. first. Groda go first. Groda go first. That's the subtitle I'm, of this episode. I like it. Well, while he's getting that ready, I'm going to ready a torch. And uh, I I assume I'll be bringing up the rear or somewhere in the middle. So we'll have at least two sources of light then. Okay. So let's go ahead and establish our, our marching order. I've got so far that Groda go first. And I'm picking up that <laughs> Hank go last. Go first. But where do Uleg and Brondo fall? I'll go I'll go third. Okay. Because okay. I, I do have a 10-foot pole. Yeah. <laughs> Right and a uh, morning star. Okay. So, let me scribble this down. Groda Uleg, Brando Hank. Groda go first. Groda go first. Sword. 
make us stronger in our danger. Soldier and a 